Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Main Character Energy. As I said before, I think I'm going to start doing this every week, so I'm going to keep up with that promise and that goal. So what I want you to do, wherever you are, unless you're in a car, and then, you know, (laughs) change this as needed, but I want you to take a second. If you're standing, sit down. um, Put your hands just flat on your knees, on the top of your legs, and take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And do a couple of those if you need to. But take some time and take some deep breaths. Do a full body scan from head to toes. Relax your forehead. Relax your jaw. Relax your neck, your shoulders. If you're hunched over a little bit, sit up, correct your posture. Take a couple more deep breaths. If you're sucking in your tummy, go ahead and let that gut hang out for a minute. It's not going to hurt anybody. Go ahead and just relax all of your muscles. If you feel like you're a bit tense in your legs, go ahead and you know relax those muscles a little bit all the way down to your toes and just give your body a moment to rest, ground yourself, and set yourself up for the opportunity to have a wonderful rest of your day. And then we'll get into this episode because I know that's what you guys are really excited for. So today we are going to be doing something a little bit different with the episode. So this is going to be a solo episode. It's just me today. Sorry to disappoint. Um, But there is something that I actually started learning about back in probably October or November of 2021. So probably about three or four months ago. And um, it's something that I didn't know anything about prior to hearing about it for the first time and it's something that I've learned a lot about in the last couple months and it's really helped me to develop a better sense of self um, and ease my anxiety a lot because anxiety 95% of the time is just us afraid of the potential of the future. We don't know what's going to happen and learning more about this topic we're going to talk about today has allowed me to kind of subside I guess some of that anxiety because I have more knowledge about myself and my role in the world and that allows me to kind of lean back on that belief and that newfound understanding when I start to feel anxious it's a way of just kind of reassuring myself of like hey you know everything's going to happen for a reason and whether or not things are going the way I want them to right now I just kind of have to go with the flow Um, So what we're going to be talking about today is something called human design. Now, before I lose you, because I know that there are probably a lot of people listening to this that are like, oh, God, what is this crock of shit Shay's going to be talking about? Um, This is based in science. It started about 30 years ago in India, um, and it is something that has been studied for the last three decades, but is still not nearly as well known as I think it should be. Um, So open your mind a little bit. And let's take some time and let's let's talk about some human design. I'm going to get you guys introduced to it. And then if you guys are interested in this, I'll do some more episodes later in the season about it so we can dive a bit deeper. But let's get into the episode. Live and in stereo, it's Shay Ashley with main character energy. All right, 
let's talk human design. Also, I am currently sitting in my bedroom and we are running laundry, um, which is also in my bedroom, which is super nice, by the way. So if you hear some weird background noises, it's just my washing machine. But human design, let's talk about it. So as we grow up, we're flooded with messages and pressures about who we should be and what we should do in this world. But human design basically is a way of teaching us that the same advice is not always correct for everyone which I think is something that we can all kind of relate to. At some point in time in our lives, we've looked at someone and said, wow, they're doing what I want to do, and how did they do it? And then you get advice from that person or someone similar, and you think that if you do exactly what they did, you'll have the same outcome, but that's not always the case. We are all given different gifts, and certain ways of going about things are better applicable for people with certain gifts as opposed to yours, and that's okay. So the road to being your happiest and most successful self is really a journey that's completely different to each individual person. And human design helps us recognize our own unique gifts so that way we can be who we're truly meant to be. Um, Bear with me. Like I said, keep an open mind. We're going to go through this whole episode. And I think as we continue this conversation, you'll start to have a better idea of what exactly human design is and how it can help you in your life. So that first question what is it? What is human design? So human design is a new age, new age inspired practice based on pseudoscience. And it's essentially described as a holistic self-knowledge system, which is just a lot of words saying it's basically a better way for you to understand yourself. It's kind of like astrology, but human design is a system based off of your exact time, date, and place of birth. However, this new system of self-knowledge, unlike astrology, differs fundamentally from anything else that exists in the world today. So though it's, it's similar to astrology, it is not the same thing. It's not based off of whether or not you're a Cancer or a Leo or a Gemini or whatever. It's, it's something completely different in its entirety. So there are a couple things. I'm I'm sure a lot of you are like, okay, where is this going? What are we talking about? Um, There are a couple resources I want to go ahead and let you guys know about at the beginning of this episode so that if you are in a position right now for you to pull up your own human design chart, you can do that now and then kind of follow along with the rest of this episode. And I'll give you some tips and tricks of how to get started when it comes to understanding your chart. So the first resource I want to shout out is um, a TikTok account, actually. And this is how I first found out about human design. It's how I first learned about it. I saw this girl's TikTok and I was like, wow, what is this? This is really interesting. And I watched every single one of her TikToks and I was completely invested and I was completely just like totally over the top, like excited to learn about this stuff. I just was so interested. So Um, If you have a TikTok, check out Annabelle Blythe on TikTok, spelled A-N-N-A-B-E-L-L-E-B-L-Y-T-H-E. So she has TikToks going back months that explain the entire process of understanding your human design chart. So if you are you know, excited like I am after hearing this episode and want to learn more, that's a great place to start. She puts this information out in a really digestible way. It's a really easy way to introduce yourself to it. But when it comes time and you're ready to pull your human design chart, there are a couple places you can do that. I believe they're all completely free. No, none of this is sponsored. These are just the resources that I've found. So the first one, this is the one that I actually use. It's called mybodygraph.com. 
There's also myhumandesign.com and jovianarchive.com. All three of those websites, you can go, they'll ask a couple questions, and then they'll show you your chart. Um, and once you get your chart, you will be very overwhelmed. It is very confusing. There is a lot on there. I'm still learning <laughs> how to uh, kind of make sense of my chart because there is so much information on there. Um, and again, I know you guys are probably sitting there. I'm sure I have some skeptics that are like, Shay, what is this? What are you even talking about right now? Bear with me. We will get there. I promise. It will make more sense as we keep talking. And I think if you take the time to pull your own chart, you'll start to see how much of it really does relate to your life. And you'll start to uncover a lot about yourself that I think we all kind of know, but we don't know. Like we're not aware of it, though our body knows it, our being knows it cognitively we're not aware of some of these things about ourselves so once you pull your human design chart this is where you will want to start so you're going to want to look at your chart and you're going to want to find where it says energy type so this is i think one of the most important things and one of the easiest things to understand about human design there are five main types and they're all rooted in the idea that every individual was created to live on this earth with purpose and intent each of the five types has a different way of bringing in more opportunities and flow into their life so again this kind of goes back to the idea of um like sometimes advice that works for one person might not work for you sometimes the avenues that one person goes down in order to get to the same goals that you might be trying to achieve, that avenue might not work for you. You might need to try something else because that's simply not, it's not applicable to the gifts you have. Um, so understanding your energy type will help you to understand how you should move through the world and the best ways for you to go about achieving your goals. So the five energy types in human design are grouped into two categories. We have energy beings and non-energy beings energy beings create their own energy they have this energy inside of them that can move that they can move or create or you know take action from non-energy beings are here to guide and mirror and direct the energy of others so the energy of the energy beings so within the energy beings like i said earlier there are five energy types so within the energy beings we have three energy types we have generators manifestors and manifesting generators Again, bear with me, guys. So the first, generators, they are the life force. And this is about 30% of the population. They're considered to be these lighthouses. And they are here basically to lead with excitement. When they feel alive, they're super magnetic. I'm sure at some point in your life, you've been in a room with someone that you just feel drawn to. You might not even know them, but you just feel like you're drawn to them. They have this magnetic pulse to them almost that makes you want to be around them they're this light in the room that you're kind of drawn to and they're here to show us that life is essentially to be lived like we're not here just to be here we're here to live so we have to live our life um, and I am <laughs> a generator I just wanted to say that before I go through all five of them um, and learning this about myself has been very interesting because I will say at the beginning I was like hmm I don't totally feel that way and that is one okay there are going to be things that you learn through dissecting your chart that you're like hmm, don't totally agree with that and those are the things that you need to focus on the most because once i realized who i was and that i was a generator and that my job on this earth is essentially to give energy to other people 
I realized that if my energy for myself is not there, then I have nothing to give to other people. So I have to be very intentional and specific with who and what and when I give my energy. Um, and that's something that over the past three months I've really started to work on and focus on and be really intentional about. And it has made such a huge difference. I already feel things flowing a lot easier than they were before. And it's just really simple, like this internal dialogue I have with myself. In any given moment, I'm like, okay, am I checking, like checking on my energy? Am I giving my energy to the right person, place, thing in this current moment? Or is this not necessarily something that requires my energy? Is this an opportunity for me to reserve some of that energy and save it for another time, another moment, another place, you know, that type of thing? So those are our generators. Then we have our manifestors. This is only about 8% of the population. They're leaders and initiators. Their energy works in really spontaneous bursts. So they're here to really just clear a path for the rest of us. They're not here to follow anyone else's rules and they're considered to be the fire starters. Then we have our manifesting generators and they're a hybrid of obviously our generators and our manifestors. They make up about 30% of the population and their energy also works in a very non-linear way. They have two speeds and they're really here to bring unrelated things together. They're here to be multi-passionate and multi-hyphenate. So they're not here to do any one specific thing. And I'm sure a lot of you will hear this and probably relate to that. Most of my friends, I've pulled a couple of my friends' charts. I pulled Annie's chart and I pulled Rachel's chart and looked at both of theirs um, just to get a better understanding and like help them like they were interested too. And both of them are actually manifesting generators, which to me made so much sense because they're both so passionate about so many things. It's never been like just one thing that they have been like, oh yeah, this is really my focus. This is my niche. That being said, niche is such a huge thing now with social media, TikTok, Instagram, everyone is being told you have to have a niche. Well, for some people, manifesting generators specifically, a niche isn't necessarily something you're going to have. Your role on this earth is to be passionate about a hundred different things and to follow that passion. And you're not always going to stick to everyone and that's okay. That's something that I think is hard for manifesting generators to understand until they realize who they are. Um, but I'm sure at some point, someone listening to this, you've probably felt that like, okay, well, all of my friends have this like one thing, or at least some of my friends have this one thing that they're really focused on, but I've never been able to stick to one thing. I, I kind of jump from passion project to like hobby to a different passion project to a different hobby, and that's okay. For some people, that is your purpose. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to follow that passion. You're supposed to hop from one thing to another. That is how you're supposed to live your life. Okay, so we'll wrap up the energy beings and now we're going to move on to non-energy beings. So these are our projectors and our reflectors. So our projectors, they are the seers, we'll call them. And they're about 30% of the population and they're here to be visionaries. They can see things really clearly that most of the other people on this planet cannot see. Um, and they're really here to guide the application of everyone else's energy. They're here to guide the people that are doing the doing, if that makes sense. So our generators, our manifestors, our manifesting generators, projectors are here to help guide us in the directions we need to go in order to properly be using our energy. So you can see how all of these five energy types really do work together to support one another and all of us being our best self. It's not that, you know, one is any better than the other. 
it's more so that we need all five types of these energy beings on the planet in order for things to run smoothly, in order for us all to live up to our highest potential. So then last but certainly not least, we have our reflectors. And for those of you, uh, you know, at home doing the math in your head, generators are 30%, manifesting generators are 30%, projectors are 30% of the population, and then we have manifestors at about 8%, and our reflectors are only about 1% to 2% of the population. So this is a really, really unique and very special energy type. Not many people, you're not going to come across many people that are reflectors. And they're really here to show us who we are. They're mirrors, they're oracles, they're canaries. They are here to reflect who we are in a way that we can best understand. So sometimes you will have someone that comes into your life that you may not necessarily vibe with. You might be like, hmm, I don't really like the energy they're giving off. I would be willing to bet in the majority of those situations, the person you're interacting with might be a reflector and you might be seeing parts of yourself that you don't like. And that is what you're having that reaction to. It's not necessarily the person themselves. It's not necessarily the reflector that you don't like. It's what you're seeing in them that relates to yourself that you are not yet ready to come to terms with or combat. And I, learning about this, I was like, oh my God, there have been totally people in my life at, you know, a couple different points in times that I can totally see that. I can see that maybe what it was that I didn't love about them or maybe the reason I didn't totally jive with them was because they were showing me parts of myself that I was not ready to understand that I was not ready to confront so reflectors are super super important but like I said they are not very common it is hard to come across a reflector in my process of learning more about this I have yet to identify anyone in my life that is a reflector but I am slowly working on converting all of my friends and family to the uh, human design aspect of things. And I will hopefully be pulling everyone's chart here soon and like dissecting them just because this stuff's so fun to me. Okay, so now that we know the five energy types for human design, what's next? Where do we go from there? So once you know and understand your energy type, you're ready to dive a bit deeper. Your chart can also tell you how your specific intuition works, what your personality is, your your unique way of eating or consuming information slash stimulus or stimuli, stimulus, stimuli, whatever it is, manifesting and so much more. So you can learn literally so much about yourself. I have learned so much more than I ever thought I would from this one chart. So there... I could talk about this for hours. There is so much to talk about when it comes to human design charts. But one of the first things and what I think is probably one of the most easy things to kind of look for because it pops up and it's generated for you um, next to your chart, it's going to be a list of your chart properties. So we're going to ignore the chart itself for a second. That is something I'm still learning about, so I'm not going to talk about it just yet. But we'll talk a little about about we will talk a little bit about um, your chart properties. All right, so let's talk chart properties. So I think that this is one of the easiest ways to get introduced to human design because it is generated for you. It's not something you have to like dissect or pick apart your chart to find. For me, when I pulled my chart, it was already listed for me right next to it. I believe that most of the websites I posted are all formatted the same, so you should see something similar. Um, But if not, I'll go kind of slow, and obviously you can pause the episode if you need to find what it is that I'm talking about. Um, But we'll go ahead and jump into it. So the first thing on my chart properties is design date. 
And this one's very interesting to me. Um, I don't know too much about this one. This is probably the one that I've spent the least trying to understand, um, but you'll see why in a second. So essentially it's believed that our design date is the date that our soul entered our body. So bear with me. <laughs> um, so this date is supposed to hold some significance to you in your life. Um, so you have to be very intentional about who you're with, what you're doing, where you are on this date every year. It's not saying that it's like, hey, you know, you can't go do this thing. Don't do laundry. Or don't. It's not a superstitious thing. It's just, all right, let's, let's make sure that we are paying attention to what we're doing today because today matters. My date is October 3rd, which I think is hilarious. So my design date was October 3rd, 1996 at 1241 in the morning. Apparently, that is when my soul entered my body, and it's also Mean Girls Day, which is hilarious. Like, of course, that happens to be the day that my soul enters my body. It's also the day that Katie Heron told What's-His-Name that it was October 3rd. Like, that was, that's Mean Girls Day. It's just it's so funny to me. But anyway, let's move on to strategy. All right, so strategy. So for me, this was the second thing on my chart property list. Actually, no, I lied. It's my third thing. So I have my design date and then my type and then my strategy. Um, but we already went over type, so I won't dive into that much deeper. Um, so strategy. Also, if you can't tell, I'm recording this part on another day from the first part. And it is early in the morning currently. Um, and my voice is not ready. So if I sound a little different, it's just because it's literally like the next morning from what I recorded in the beginning of the episode. So just bear with me there. Um, so our strategy is the manner in which we communicate. It might not be the manner in which you're currently communicating, but it is the manner in which you're designed to communicate. Mine is responding, which essentially says that I need to wait to respond. It is advised that I trust that life is coming to me. What I need to do is basically just know myself and be well connected to my sacral response and my aura will do the rest of the work. That is a lot of words um, that essentially say that I need to not worry so much about going after things. Opportunities will come to me and it is more important about it's it's more important that I respond appropriately than me chasing after what I want to do if that makes sense so I not necessarily like wait for life to come to me but I just have to be really intentional and I have to be really purposeful in how I respond to opportunities and to people and to life in general because the way in which I respond is going to seriously affect the trajectory and the path that I follow and the best way I've learned how to kind of understand that and explain it to other people for that matter is if we consider life almost as if it's like the TikTok or Instagram algorithm, the way you respond to videos is how that algorithm decides what it's going to show you next. So if you, you know, swipe really quick past a video that you aren't totally interested in, the algorithm's going to take note of that. And it's going to show you less of those videos in the future. Whereas if I spend, you know, five minutes watching the same TikTok or, you know, I like the same type of photo over and over and over again or the same account over and over and over again on Instagram, the algorithm's going to take note of that. And it's going to say, hey, she liked that. 
We need to, we need to show her more of that. It's kind of the same way if your chart properties say that your strategy is responding, it's kind of the same way. It's like, hey, be really intentional about how you respond to things in your life because that is how your life is gonna decide what comes next for you. So if you're responding, you know, be true to yourself. Don't just say you wanna do something or say you like something because it's what your friends like. Stay true to yourself. If you don't feel comfortable in a certain situation or if you're being forced to, you know, go after a certain major or certain career because of your parents. You know, if your if your strategy is responding and you're responding in a way that you don't agree with, if you're almost lying to yourself in your response, it's going to send you down a completely different path than what you're meant to go on or what you probably want to be going on. So then next, <clears throat> We have our authority, and I I mentioned this when I was talking about the responding strategy. I mentioned your sacral response. So for me, my authority is my sacral response center, um, and this is essentially just the way we make decisions. So there are a couple different authorities you can have. Um, I'm trying to remember all of them off the top of my head right now. Uh, so mine is sacral. I'll just start there. So that's your gut which I found to be very interesting because I have had gut issues for like serious gut health issues for the last probably five years. Um, I was, I had a colonoscopy. This is like way oversharing, but this is a safe space, so I don't care. I had a colonoscopy and endoscopy at the age of 20. They told me I had IBS and acid reflux and uh, stomach ulcers and all this stuff and I had to go on like this special diet and take medication and whatever. I'm a little bit better now, but what I thought was very interesting was that for the past several years, I can identify that I had been making decisions for myself based off of feelings and based off of like my brain and anxiety. Um, and apparently that is not how I'm supposed to make decisions. I am supposed to make decisions based off my gut. So for the last several years, I have been ignoring my gut. I have not been listening to my gut. I have been making decisions based off of basically everything except for my gut feeling. And in the last couple months, after learning that that is my strategy, I have started to listen to my gut more. When I have that gut feeling, that intuition, that it's a feeling that you can't explain. That's the only way I can explain it, is that you can't explain it. It's not something that you can apply logic to. It's just this internal intuition and feeling that something is good for you or something is bad for you. And I have started listening to that feeling more and paying more attention to that. Um, and I have not had the gut issues. Like, guys, I know that this sounds crazy. I really do. But I promise you, like, when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, what is this? I was more intrigued than anything. But the more I've learned about it and the more I've applied what I've learned to my life, the easier my life has gotten. It really has. So I am going to take a second and see if I can look up. I probably should have done this before the episode. I want to look up what all of the strategies are. Strategies in human design. I should have done this before the episode. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Okay, so it looks like... So for generators and manifesting generators, you will have that sacral response that I just mentioned. 
manifestors, your response is in form. Interesting. I did not know that. So manifestors can get so caught up in what they're doing, they'll forget to tell others what's going on. Manifestors aren't gaining consensus or asking permission. They're merely letting others know what they're going to do. Interesting. Hmm. I did not know that. Okay projectors your strategy is waiting for the invitation so it says life comes to a projector who is following their strategy so similar to what i mentioned earlier about like not chasing things just waiting to respond so that's kind of similar to the projectors but it's a little different whereas you're not waiting for something to happen in order for you to respond you are literally waiting for the invitation to be a part of certain things so you're waiting for someone to reach out and say hey i have this going on do you want to be a part of it and then reflectors oh okay interesting their strategy it says wait 28 days since reflectors are a reflection of those around them it's best for them to mull big decisions for a lunar cycle interesting okay Oh, so those are, okay, yeah, I just read everybody's strategies. So that's what I was talking about before, about like mine being responding. Yes, okay. So it says, wait to respond to external stimulus for generators and manifestors, listening to your sacral center. So those are all the strategies. Here are the authorities. So I mentioned that the sacral center is the authority for generators and manifesting generators. That's just listening to your gut. There's also the emotional authority, and it is the second strongest authority. It runs on emotional waves. So everyone who has an emotional authority has their own emotional wave, but once you've allowed that wave to roll through, you'll feel like a clunk or a knowing. Like you will feel this shift as soon as that wave passes, which I think is really interesting. There's also the splenic authority, which is an in-the-moment impulse, basically. It's quick and fleeting. Um, Those with a splenic authority will want to get familiar with what this knowing is. So it's just like this manner, like you just know. It's just quick, but you like have to know it in the moment. Otherwise, you'll lose it. Um, It's their information for what happens before your mind jumps in. So before you're able to even register what's happening or how you feel about it, your body knows. And it's just you have to be in tune with your body enough to feel that instantaneous moment of this is what I need to do and you need to follow that as opposed to, okay, let's take a moment, assess the situation. Like, no, your body knew what you needed to do the second it realized what the problem was. You just need to pay attention and listen to know what you need to do next. Then there's your ego authority. And that is your ego or will and it's connected to your throat. Those with an ego authority create their world through talking. They speak their life into existence. So this probably would fall to most of our manifestors. They're not talking for feedback or input. They're talking so they can feel what they're saying and adjust, then take action. So if you're someone that feels like you really need to talk things through before you do them, you might be someone that has an ego authority. And it's not ego like, Oh, you've got this big ego or something like that. It's just what they call it. That's your center. So it's coming from your throat. So if you're someone who needs to talk things through before you make a decision, that might mean that you have an ego authority and that's totally fine. Then we also have our self-projected authority. And that is when your identity is connected to your throat, similar to ego authority. 
but you talk to hear yourself. It's important for those who have a self-projected authority to have people in their lives they can talk to without judgment or limitations. Self-projected authorities need to hear themselves talk through something. So you, it's very similar to an ego authority, but the difference is here that you might need some input and you might need someone to help guide the conversation, whereas ego authority, they're just talking to, to talk, to put it out in the universe, if that makes sense. Whereas with a self-projected authority, you are having conversations. They're assisting you in guiding that conversation to get to where you need to be, if that makes sense. Um, And then there are two other authorities. There's outer environment and lunar. Those with an outer environment authority need others as sounding boards. Reflectors have lunar authority, which means they need to take a lunar cycle to ponder major decisions, which is similar to what I mentioned earlier in terms of the strategy for reflectors when it comes to waiting 28 days to make a big decision. Um, So if you're someone that's a reflector, I'm telling you guys, pull your charts. You might find out that you've been making decisions in the moment and you might be a reflector. You might need to take 28 days, take some time to think about things before the true right decision comes to you, before you can realize what this next step needs to look like for you. So, okay, that was fun. That was very interesting. I was learning along with you guys. I didn't know all of that. So now we've done our design date, our type, our strategy, and our and our authority. So next we have our definition. And your definition determines how we operate, how we interact with, and what we looked, look for in others. I have a split definition, which means I have two distinct voices in my system. And here is what I have found for my definition. So it says split definition, also known as simple split, means that there are two separate circuits of defined centers that are not connected. So this will go back to what your chart looks like. And again, we'll get to the chart later. It's very confusing. But 46% of the population have a split definition. So almost about half of the population has a split definition. There are two subcategories to split definition, small and large. A small split is a split of just one missing gate, which you will see on your chart. And a large split is a full channel or more that would need to be defined in order to connect the circuit to the defined centers. Again, a lot of that is not going to make sense unless you are looking at your chart. But if you are looking at your chart, a defined center is any of those big triangle or square blocks being colored in if it's if it's colored in then it's a defined center if it's left white then it's an undefined center so you're looking for the centers that are connected that is your strongest area i guess i would say um and then it says people with a split definition often do do their best processing of information with another person through conversation or exchange of some act which makes sense. So basically it means that you have two clear voices in your system that help you make decisions and help guide you. And sometimes those two voices might feel differently about things. You might not be on the same page. So it's sometimes helpful to have a conversation with another person, have a little bit of input, and then make your decision from there. There are very few people, but it does happen, that just have a single definition where like everything's connected. And those are people that like know what they need to do. They don't need input from others. They just need to follow their own path and like really not pay attention to all of the outside input. And that is awesome and crazy to me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't fathom just being able to be like, oh, this is what I have to do and I'm going to do it and not needing to talk to other people. But I have a split definition. So I've always felt like I needed to talk to people about what I'm doing. 
And then there are people that have uh, a triple definition, which means you have three separate centers, and those are people that might need to talk to multiple people about what's going on in order to make a decision and make sense of it, and that's fine. For split definition, I would say it's maybe one or two people because you don't want to have too much input that's going to fog your mind and you know kind of make it harder for you to make a decision, whereas someone with a triple definition or three defined centers that are not connected, um, you might need to talk to multiple people to make sense of what's happening and make a clear decision. So that is your definition. And then we have our profile. I think profiles are so freaking cool. Um, And again, this is something that I might have to look up. But um, I know that my profile is a 5-1, which is the challenge solver or the problem solver. So for others in times of need, people are drawn to me and I am there to help them solve problems. And I read that when I was first learning about it and I was like oh my god that is literally me that is actually me though because I've always felt like when there was ever like if I I, I'm not the friend and this is something that took me a long time to understand and I'm coming to terms with it I'm not the friend that people call to go out with on a Friday night I'm not the friend that often gets invited to brunches on Sunday morning However, I am the friend that when shit goes sideways and something goes wrong, my friends call me and they're like, um, hi, this is happening right now. And not only do I need to vent, but I need a little bit of advice on what to do next. Like, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I talk to? And honestly, at first it was kind of tough because I would get really upset, like seeing big groups of girls that like I considered friends, like going out and doing stuff without me. But that's just not really the friend I am, if I'm being honest. Like, even when I am in those situations, like, I'm having fun, but it's not really how I prefer to use my energy. And I'm okay with that now. Now that I understand a little bit more about myself, I don't feel as bad about those things. Now, looking back, I'm like, honestly, I'm not mad I missed brunch that morning because I got to stay home and use my energy in ways that I prefer it to be used. And I'm still friends with those girls, or guys for that matter. And I know that they'll still come to me when they need me. Um, so to dive a bit deeper deeper into that 5-1 profile. So 5 is heretic, heretic. Um, and it basically means that someone with a 5 in their profile is most likely to be a leader. Line 5 people have a large capacity for knowledge and the ability to speak their minds. They're challengers of everyday ideals. Which, hello... This fucking podcast, guys. (laughs) Literally, like, obviously, I'm speaking my mind. I'm challenging everyday ideals, especially mental health related. Like, that just fits me. I just read that and was like, wow, I feel at home knowing that about myself. And then for line one, that's the investigator. So these are people that are very creative and offer a sense of grounding to those around them. They seek concrete answers before making decisions and are experts in their trade. So the best way I can explain um, someone with like a 5-1 profile like me is literally this exact situation with me learning about human design. When I found out about human design, it wasn't enough for me to just watch Annabelle's TikToks. It wasn't enough for me to just learn what I had learned in those couple videos. I needed to fully submerse myself. I needed to spend, I can't tell you how many hours I have spent on the internet and looking for books and peer-reviewed articles and all kinds of resources like I have been seriously invested in learning about human design for the last 
three months and I have a full freaking Google Doc about it. Like I literally I'm pulling this information about myself. I'm reading it to you guys from a Google Doc I created back in I wish it would tell me the date. I could probably find it somewhere. But back in probably November, I started this Google Doc and started writing these things out about myself. And I add to it as I learn more. And now I have this entire document that basically allows me to like biohack and better understand who I am and what I need to do. And I just, it's very interesting. So that's a 5-1 profile. Let me see if I can pull up what all of the other profiles are so I can let y'all know because I'm sure not everyone's going to be a 5-1. Profiles in human. Okay. What are the profiles in human design? Let's see what we can find. And if I can't find it, we'll just have to do this on another episode. No, that's not it. Okay, I might have to dive in a bit deeper on another episode, but honestly, that's totally fine with me because it's kind of what I was hoping for. Again, like I said earlier, there are a lot of like things I could talk about here. We could have a five-hour episode just on human design. So I think I'm actually, I'm going to stop it there. I'm going to leave you guys with a little teaser. And if you guys like it, we'll do another episode and I'll dive a bit deeper into all of the other things we can learn because I haven't even gone through all the chart properties. So we stopped at our, we're going to stop at our profile, but after that, we still have our incarnation cross, our signature theme, our not self, not self theme, our digestion, our strongest sense in our environment. Um, And I'd love to dive a bit deeper into those as well as how to dissect your actual chart because again, those were just the chart properties we were going over. But instead of just, you know, overloading you guys now, I think I'm going to give you some time to digest what you've heard today. Pull your chart. Send me a DM. If you pull your chart, send me your chart. Let me look at your chart. I'll help you to start dissecting it a little bit and digesting it and making sense of it. So yeah, definitely take some time. Pull your chart. Let me know if you guys found this interesting. Let me know if you have any questions. And if you guys liked this topic... I'll do another episode on human design maybe later in the season and we can dive a bit deeper and see what we can learn about ourselves and each other in the process. But I think I'm going to leave it there. Okay, so thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you guys aren't just like, okay, Shay, great, thanks. Because I really think this stuff is cool. I think throughout our entire lives, we spend so much time trying to figure out who we are. And this is just what I've found to be one of the most insightful ways to learn about myself. And it's not like easy it's not like astrology where it's like oh yeah let me pull up my horoscope and see what today's gonna look like for me it's very different like I've said a thousand times in this episode it's taken me months to get to where I am where I'm at currently with human design and I only understand like about 15% of it like it's the very tip of the iceberg this is a long process of learning about human design in general and then learning about yourself through that process so I think it's amazing I hope you guys enjoyed it But I will let you guys go. Have a wonderful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day it is that you are listening to this. I love you all and I will see you next week. Bye. 